Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and today I'm talking with Michael Buzz Bazinski. He is the CEO of Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing, and he's here to share what he calls the Rule of 26 for service-based businesses. Now, Michael is a lifelong entrepreneur, a digital marketing thought leader, and author, and dubbed a visionary marketer by the American Marketing Association. His sole mission is to help entrepreneurs avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaign. Buzz, as most call him, and I will be calling him that, has simplified digital marketing success with the rule of 26, and I can't wait to find out what that is. And he's on a mission to double the website revenue of service-based businesses across America. I am a service-based business, so this is going to be a fascinating conversation for me. But quickly, before I bring him in, we're going to be talking about what is the rule of 26? Is SEO still a viable tactic for a digital marketing strategy? Where does social media fit in in a service-based business marketing plan? Oh, I know the my hand's up. I know the answer to that one. And when is the right time to hire a digital marketing professional? This is a big one. How much do digital marketing professionals cost? That's going to be a fascinating conversation. Buzz, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. It's um, it's good to have you here. And we were just talking in my virtual green room. We're both creatives. We're both entrepreneurs. We're both kind of nerdy. And I was telling you that when I first started building websites back in the day, WordPress didn't exist. It, it just didn't exist. You know, I was building websites, massive websites, pure HTML, and I was – you know, up until probably just a few years ago, I was still dreaming in HTML. And this is how you know you're a nerd. I had built, I was I was asleep, and I had built a couple of, you know, little, I don't know, graphs, if you will, on in HTML. And I had padded one side heavily. And in my sleeping, waking, wake, I couldn't figure out why I had this right side padded so much. I was falling out of the bed. My body knew I was falling out of the bed, and my brain didn't know it yet because I wasn't awake. But once I went, oh, had I turned one more just click there, I was going to fall straight into my table. So it's, that's how you know you're a nerd. But anyway, it's good to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, you're my kind of guy. We were talking. You're a creative, you know. You're, but tell me about button mashing because we didn't get all the way to that conversation. <laughs> let's let's tell people what we were talking about before we brought them in because it was fun. <laughs> so, um, so I I had I was in the Air Force for uh, ten years and I flew on an aircraft called AWACS, and I was a technician on board. And we called the folks who were the operators button mashers because they're the ones that literally mashed buttons. And so as I transitioned into the private sector and started doing web development, I started in 1999. I did not do pure code. I was a uh, Dreamweaver guy. 
Um, and then I dealt with uh, HTML lightly. Like I understand the, the, the language, if you will. But um, when I started hiring developers, I started calling them my, my button mashers because they would be the ones that would actually mash the buttons and code and make it happen. And so um, I understand. I've always understood what a website can do and what we as human beings can make them do with the current languages and bandwidths and everything that we're, that users are working through. Um, but um, I leave, I leave the really geeky nerdy stuff to the guys that, and gals that just love to dive into the code and make it happen. So my developers I have five of them. Um, they look, they, they're always nervous when I go, I have an idea. And then they, <laughs> <laughs> they turn around, okay, Buzz, what is it that you want the web to do for you today? <laughs> it's magic. Don't they know? All you have to do is think it and it will happen. <laughs> Seriously, that's what our clients think. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> we can do no. our best, but no. I tell people, I says, you can pretty much get a website to do almost everything, anything you want. It's just a matter of how much money you have in your pocket to pay for people to figure it out for you. Exactly. And it's not going to make coffee for you. It's so funny you're talking about button mashing. I mean, there's it's serendipity. Serendipity is a funny thing, but I was having a file, final, I can't even talk now, final client call with um, – a web client yesterday and one of the questions says you know we've got several buttons that do the same thing and you know we're thinking maybe we ought to remove one or two and I said no no they're all called different things they may go to the same place but people are going to mash the button they see first the one that gets their attention they say, oh okay and here you are we're talking about button mashing so you know it, <laughs> there you go. Ways of yeah. Looking at it, so you know he agreed with me. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. But you know you've got just a short amount of time to get somebody's attention. Your calls to action have to be. They can all go to the same place. I don't care, but they have to be calls to action. So anyway, yeah, about that. yeah. So wh- what is the rule of twenty six? I gotta know. <laughs> so the rule of twenty six states that if you increase your website traffic, your conversion rate, and your average value per client by 26%, you will get 100% more revenue from your website. So it leverages, it uses math to leverage three distinct KPIs that basically simplify the process of creating objectives when creating strategies for your digital marketing. And I created it to simplify for clients because there's a lot of snake oil out there. And for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that I talk to business owners every day that say, I don't get any, um, I don't get any business from my website. And I said, are you a service-based business? Of course I am. Then you can, then you're missing out on what your competitors are uh, getting from their websites because they are, if anybody who's actually out there marketing their websites and a service-based businesses, they're getting clients from their website, period, end of story. 68% of all consumers go to websites before contacting any business across the board. And, you know, I've heard, I'm not going to argue with you because I agree with you. I mean, 
you're in my industry. I understand what you're saying. But here's the thing. I've heard more and more people say, oh, I don't go to a website. I go to Facebook. Okay, th- that's fine. You know, Facebook, if it's yeah, there's a sector. business page, there's a sector right. that does that still. <laughs> if there, you know, there should be, if it's done properly, there should be a link to the menu or to whatever it is that you want them to go to. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen. And let's face it, Facebook, you don't own it. You can't control it. So, okay. yeah, you need a website and you need a good, productive, producing website. So give me mm-hmm. some examples, if you would, about how how this would work. So the rule of 26 is basically a a map, right? And it's just showing you like you just start in the book. We talk about where do you start? You can start on any one of those KPIs that you want. So say average value per client is, is a lot of times very easy place to start because it has really very little to do with your website as a service-based business for the most part. So your average value per client, we usually look at a year about a value. So it, uh, a client for a dentist, per se, is worth around twenty-five dollars to $30,000 minus any procedures they may have over the lifetime of each person in the family. So if a family of four comes in, two small children, they, they stick around for 10, 15 years um, through, the, through that. And you're talking about $500 per person per year for anywhere between an average of 14 to 20 years, right? So their Mm -hmm. average lifetime value is very long. But when we're talking, and that makes them unique, and anybody who has reoccurring clients, that's the unique part of that. But what we look at is year-over-year sales, right? So we're looking to increase sales that year. What's the value of that client per year? So if you do retainer work and you and say you're charging $500 for whatever it is, and right now that's, it's doing okay, but what would it look like if we increased what you were able to bill by 26%? 50% of the clients I deal with don't charge enough. Just increasing what they charge by 26% increases their revenue by 26%. How did you come up with 26%? I mean, clearly you you have a math somewhere, but it just seems like an <laughs> odd number. <laughs> Tell me, how did I you wa- come up with 26? <laughs> That's a weird number, right? 26 doesn't... It is. It doesn't yeah. So um, I was doing research, and I wanted to identify objectives for clients because it's one thing to sit there and say, hey, I've done this for you and I've increased this for you and da, 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 da. But without goals, people, your relationships kind of wander sometimes. And if you have somebody who's very goal-oriented and needs something to focus on to, see, to say, what is my ROI working with you? Well, if I can say, hey, listen, let's double the revenue of your website. That's a lofty goal for most people. And I say, okay, and these are the three ways we're going to do it that they can understand. It's easy for them to understand it. So I just did the math and I reverse engineered it. So I looked at out of all the KPIs, there's something like 68 KPIs that Shopify identifies. There's even more if you go to to, uh, HubSpot of all of the digital marketing KPIs out there, right? And like most of these don't mean anything to the layman, to the business owner. And so I want to get identifiable, relatable KPIs. And I found that actually 
move the revenue needle. And I got it down to three. If you increase all three of them by 26%, you get that doubled revenue. Done. Okay. I wrap everything around that now. Wow. Somebody just asked me, what is a KPI? <laughs> so, Key performance help. indicator. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All businesses should know about this, but we don't. I mean, we, we're we so busy just trying to keep the lights on sometimes. We're not even worried about things like that. But it's time right. to maybe not worry about it, but definitely concern yourself with it. So I love that you did this research and you've got these these KPIs. That leads me do you have any case studies that you can share very quickly, you know, where you said, okay, I've got this rule of 26. I'm going to use it on your business, and this is what's going to happen. So, yes, uh, I started with my own business. I think <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> and I don't and know about you, but I wake up some mornings and go, what the hell was I thinking yesterday? <laughs> it's just, it's, an, it's an entrepreneur thing. If you don't have a cast iron stomach, you're not going to survive. Exactly. So, um, you know, when we looked at it, we go, okay, let's take a look at our own website. I, I, all of my strategies and tools that I use with my clients, I've used on myself. And it's very rare that I'm, I'll, I'll have a tool that I can't use on my business to at least get some something there. The crazy thing about the rule 26, it's math. There's absolutely no need for case studies because if you do it, it happens. There's, you can't undo mm. math, right? So no I don't have to wait for 50 clients to go through the process because they're all at different varying uh, spots in that, right? Because some, some businesses aren't ready for, I, I say right at the beginning of the book, if you're not ready to add 59 new clients on average, you're not ready to double the revenue that you get, you're going to get from your website, period, and story. That's one of the examples I used um, because you're going to need 59% more clients to do that revenue when you're done. So smart growth is the first thing that I talk to my clients about. Are you ready to take on more clients? If this all hit tomorrow, what would it look like to you? How fast can you realistically grow and then go from there? Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it never hits 26% at the, at, at the uh, right on the dot. So the only one that really hits 26% increases if somebody says, well, I can increase my revenue, what, what I charge per hour or what I charge for a package by 26% and they test market it and it goes, or they find ways to cross sell or anything like that. But Traffic, usually we blow it out of the water with something because they just haven't been doing anything. And conversion rates, those can be very drastic or they can, they can take a little while to just watch that number kind of creep up because conversion is the, I call the fuzzy science. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, what will they mash on? And you have to it's test the magic eight ball. Yeah, you just hey, never right? know what's going to happen. People say, I'm not converting. Uh, and I just go blank. Because I just want to say, <laughs> what do you know about I had a dentist. I had a dentist that was getting an exit. One of the biggest exit um, pages that they had was their doctor's um, oh. page about the doctors. And, and, and it was the highest visited page. And so you look at it and you go, okay, what's different about this one page that is not on the other pages? And it wasn't that it was the only one, but it was one of the few that did not have 
a special and to click on. So on the home page and a few other pages and the service pages, they had the, the new patient special and with a button that says schedule it now. And we put that just that thing that was on multiple Called pages action. on the rest of the site. So you need to call action. Conversion rate went 300%. And see that, see, I would, I get that. I mean, I can see it in my head. That makes, as a web developer, that makes perfect sense to me. Hmm. But how did they miss it? Well, you know, I guess they figured that you were just going to go look and see if you know this doctor. Have you seen him at church? I live in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to find him in the Walmart yeah. or church. You know, do I know him? <laughs> Does he look trustworthy? Oh, I don't like his glasses. You know, silly stuff like that. But, yeah, if you're missing that that call to action, it's kind of the point, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, and the thing is this. When you're talking – and in some services, you don't want to oversell because then you become pitchy, and pitchy becomes salesy, and salesy reminds people of used car lots, and used car lots give people indigestion, right? So you have to have that balance. It's an art. It's an artistic science. You know, and it's there, and you can do the same exact thing on two different websites for the same service, and it, and both of them and neither of them do the same as the other. One could do wildly well, and the other one not so well for this doing the same thing. It's not an exact science. And I think people don't understand that, and that's why when people say, "Oh, I'm not converting," okay, there's a lot of things we can do, but it's not you're not going to be able to tell. I need ten percent conversion. You're going to need to talk to somebody right. else because I'm too busy well, laughing. Whoever they're going to, I want to talk to them. <laughs> me too. It's like when it happens, you call me back and I'll hire them because you're going to yep. get snowed. That's <laughs> just not yep. going to happen. Yep. But yeah, and, and I'm I say it in the book. I have to, you don't to know set you don't expectations. Know. Exactly. you got to set the right expectations. And, and there are national averages for pretty much every industry out there. Um, you know, after almost 30 years of the internet being around and websites being what, since 1996 for public use. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you got 25 years of data right there that you can utilize and say, Hey, listen, a 2.6% conversion rate is good. It's people high. Like, people like that's high. That's In some industries, yeah, it's that's high. high. Newsletters. Yeah. If you're getting that, you're rocking and rolling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a completely different. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. You, you're happy if you get, you know, uh, 1% on those. Yeah, exactly. Right. I have a client who, who gets that regularly, but he's been at it for a long, long time. He's a nationally known figure. I mean, yeah, people are going to read his newsletter, but even because of who he is and what he does, it's still below 3%. It's never going to crack. We don't even try. We just make sure that people who non newsletter, on you know, Mm. we just make sure that he's doing, he's being consistent, and it's out there, and people can read it if they want to. It's all you can do. Okay, so let's move on to SEO, search engine optimization, because that's a biggie. That's a big, big, big deal. So, is it still a viable tactic, or you know, are there change? It's changing all the time, as far as I can tell. It has become more prevalent in the use the, – the people are using search engines more and more as they rely on their phones for more and more things. Right. So, right? And so we have voice search. We now have video search, picture search, 
Um, we have contextual search. You have search engines. You have Google ads. You have all these things that the search engines are out there. And the king is obviously Google, so I'm just going to say Google, okay? Um, they own 68% of the entire search market, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, studies have shown that search traffic or search generates 1,000 times more website traffic than social media. It is also seven times more profitable, meaning it has seven, uh, 700% higher conversion rate, close rate, where people are getting money from the visits than social media. Does that mean social media is dead? No. That, no. That's a different school for a different thing, right? Like right. you were saying, like some people go to Facebook because they know who they're looking for. Not necessarily they're doing a, a generic search on. If they're going to do research, almost 70% of all consumers use search engines to do research before making purchases. When they go to converting and they're closer to the conversion area, social media is a great conversion tool. So SEO is a traffic tool. And so when I talk to my uh, clients, it's like, do you want the slow road or the fast road? You know, if you want it cheap, you take the organic route. If you don't mind putting in the investment in and you want it fast, you go the paid route. But both have their advantages and disadvantages, and they both have a different game associated with them. And now we have local search, and that's a whole nother uh, game as well. Not of hard, as hard of a game. So for local businesses, local search can be very uh very valuable very quickly where organic search can take some time. And that's where people, they get confused on, well, when, when can I start seeing it? Well, it depends your industry, how much uh, competition you have locally, how much competition do you have nationally? How does your website load right now? Um, what content do you have? Are you optimized for mobile? There's all these variables, right? And that's where people get, Oh, this is scary. It's not worth it. It is and scary. Only it's one... scary to us of us who do it because we don't want to make any mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking uh, about you know the website, and I'm like, got it, got it, got it, got it. Oh, geez, I hate that part. Got it, got it. You know, I understand yeah, all right. of it. Right. But, yeah, if, you're, right. if you've got a slow, slow website, oh, geez, hire a web developer who knows what they're doing, please. Exactly. doesn't need to be me, but oh, find yeah. somebody. Exactly. I, you know, my thing is I tell people, oh no, well, I was about to say is that only 1% of all websites are actually search engine optimized. I know. What is that all? It's not like we don't, (laughs) I'm going to go off on a rant. It's not like we don't know about it. If you're developing websites, you already know at least the rudiments of SEO. I mean, you Put in Yoast. Put in the plugin. Come on, work it. I mean, you can do something with it. But so many people don't. Uh, there's, there's, well, it's not the business owner's fault. It's the developer's no, fault. You have lazy exactly right. developers out there who go, oh, I can do, I can uh, swap out images in the back end of a WordPress template. And then they forget that they didn't optimize the pictures before it came in. They didn't put alt tags. They don't, they don't understand the hierarchies of headers and H, you know, H1 tags and metadata. And and so they, they skip over all of that because they're trying to meet a certain threshold of either output for work for them 
So maybe they're not charging enough or they're charging what everybody else is, the pros are charging, but they don't know any better or they're just lazy and they don't care about their client enough to make it happen. I call those people mechanics. Literally, they're not marketers. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be nasty. It's just that's the level of service they offer. They don't know what they don't know. Most of them don't have any kind of marketing ethos at all. They don't know anything about marketing. And I'll tell people, they'll call me and, and say, okay, I need a website. And I'll say, well, what is your, let me go look at what you've got. Where's your social media? Oh, I don't need that. Well, I can't help you. I will not build a website that doesn't have a social media component to it because what I do Buzz, is I wind up building a pretty boat anchor it's not going anywhere <laughs> it's dead in the water I'm not going to do yeah. it but no. you know and if they don't mechanics, do any SEO they're... that exactly and these mechanics I mean if they don't if all they know how to do is you know just do the the framework on it you're going to have to start all over again Really, you paid some money for a website that's, yeah, you might as well have printed it on a piece of paper, posted it to mm-hmm. a pole, and put the little drop-down thingies that you can tear off. That's about <laughs> as good as it's going to get. That's a good one. I'm not like kidding. That. No, I get it. I, hey, there's a bunch of stuff out there that I tell people. I say, hey, put the, just take $1 bills, staple them uh, to business cards, and throw them out in the street. You're going to get exactly. the same amount of return as some of these things out there that people are selling in the digital marketing world. Exactly. So I didn't mean to interrupt, so let's go back to SEO because it is changing. It's constantly in flux. I find it fascinating, and I'm not an SEO person. I am smart enough to hire SEO people for my team. And, you know, I can do enough to get by, get it started, but it's not really where my wheelhouse is. But I'm fascinated by it because if you don't know – where to go? Oh, oh, and I remind me to ask you about Pinterest too. But if you don't know what you're looking for and you're relying on Google or you know any of the search engines mm-hmm. to kind of poke into your mind and ask you what you're looking for, we're not there yet. So you have to have an idea of where it is that you're wanting to go, which leads me to Pinterest. I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is still true. This was a while back that Pinterest had become one of the biggest search engines around. Is that still true, or was it ever true? It was a, a, a surging search, but ah. it shares the 32% share of all things search engine related and social media is our search engines now um, that Google doesn't consume. So Google has 68% of the market share in search. So everybody else shares the other 32%. That's now, interesting. Now, I, you know, I pen- go to... Pinterest all the time because recipes, <laughs> cats. Yeah, come on. exactly. Right, we and you're going to not have as much clutter in, in exactly. Pinterest. Exactly, and that's the thing. Like, if you have like social media is great for sharing things, but when but people are not as two thirds of the people are more likely to go to a search engine when they're ready to buy something versus looking for free resources or looking for community engagement, or looking to talk to friends, you know, those types of things, right? So if you think about how you're using Pinterest versus how a, say, a bakery is doing their marketing, they're going to have both high search engine marketing, um, I'm sorry, SEO um, going on with their website, 
but they're also going, but they're going to choose Pinterest as their anchor social media because their social media can get them to their website. Not as prevalent as search, but it is there. Nine times out of 10, though, those, you're going to take that recipe and you're just going to either do it off of the phone or you're going to print it out and never go to the website. I didn't even think about that. Now, so your profitability is low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a natural cook, so I never use recipes. I also don't follow my GPS directions because she's not the boss of me. But I will look at a recipe. <laughs> I love it. You could end up in the ocean if you don't. Uh, well, I live near the Gulf, and I've gotten awfully close on occasion. One time I wound up on Dauphin Island. Don't ask me how that worked. I was in the wrong state, the wrong road. I was just lost. But, you know, I'm... I'm one of those people, I'll look at a recipe and go, oh, good idea, and I, I go do it my own self. So I didn't go to the website. I looked at the picture. You know, I kind of looked at the ingredients. But, oh, I got this. So I understand what you're saying, and I never even thought of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how people use the Internet. And, and so when people think about, like, oh, yeah, everybody's on Facebook. Yeah, they're on Facebook, but there's so much noise on Facebook. Even if you're yeah. advertising on Facebook, you're – you still have to break through the noise. There's so much there. And Google's whole like ethos is wrapped around user experience. So even though there are ads there, those ads are scrutinized for usability, um, authentic, uh, authenticity. Um, you, there's a whole nother level of grading that happens on a Google ad for it to even be up at the top. And you only have three slots. And so competition is fierce in some industries and depending on your keywords, even more fierce. Right. And so, expensive. Um, I, yeah. And I t- so I tell people, I was like, listen, some of the people use ads all the time for people they already done business with. It's just the easiest one there. Other people don't trust ads. So they go down to the organic, but now in local in the Google maps, there's our ads in there as well. So even though there are ads and that's how Google makes their money is through ads. Their top priority is user experience. That's why contextual text and search text and picture text and Google Lens and all those things exist so that you get what you're looking for because the easier they make it for you to find what you're looking for, the more often you will go to Google to find things, regardless of what they are. Right. Well, you mentioned voice search. I hadn't heard of that. Talk to me about that. Okay, Google. Hey, Siri, all of those are voice searches. Oh. And see, I don't use any yeah. of them. And yeah, I hate there Alexa. There you go. Alexa is not my buddy. She's not allowed in my house. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't even think of those because, you know, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go to a search engine. I'm going to type in, what does Denise Griffith sound like? That's not going to work, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Darn it. Actually, there is a microphone on the search engine to where you can use your microphone and, and it'll transcribe what you say. It's not technically voice search, but you can use your microphone to uh, put it in your query with, with Google on Chrome. And I want to sound edge. Huh? Well, guess what I'm doing later today. (laughs) (laughs) Also on your phone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, thought I knew a lot about a lot of things I did not and it never even occurred to me yeah we've got Siri Siri and you know all of those things that I avoid I've got them all shut off on my phone 
I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're not going to listen to me or talk to me. I, you know, no. <laughs> so, but I'm not, a very private person. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so, an emerging technology. Yeah, kind of like, you know, there's so much AI, too, that people don't understand when it comes to, you know, how we're all connecting, how we're building businesses, how we're, you know, SEO, even there's, a, I believe, a lot of AI that goes on there, unless I'm just dead wrong. Artificial intelligence. There's a lot of SEO, oh, contextual search, what it is. Uh, uses AI. Yes, contextual right. search. So now the robots are learning when I say pop. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm looking for a balloon. I could be I'm looking for a soda. Um, when I say uh, when they know that the robots are starting to learn the contextual, like the slangs of human speech. So when people are using, it used to be if you weren't dead on, like letter for letter, you right. were not getting anywhere. Right. And now people are using longer term keyword search terms. So they say that the longer the term, the more or the closer the user is to in a purchasing um, their uh, their buying cycle. OK, so if you're using two words or maybe one word cars, used cars, you're in research mode. Used BMWs um, for sale. OK, five words. Okay, now we're looking at, now you're getting into, you're ready to take a look at maybe test driving or anything like that, right? Um, how to finance a, a, a BMW that's 10 years old. Oh, now we got a 10-word phrase Ooh. that people are putting in, right? That? Who yeah. would finance yeah. that? Okay, I'm oh. going to auto. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can finance a 40-year car now. I mean, those are classics. Oh, and so, yes, people, if it's flexible, if, if it's willing, if people are willing to pay for it, and yes. Anyway, the, the, the whole point is, though, that what I type in is not going to be exactly what's going to be in the content of the website that I most likely need to be on. So gotcha. the AI is there to say, what's the context in which he's talking? Is he talking about financing used cars? Yes. Or is he talking about financing classic cars? Because that would be a better match, right? The whole point is that they want, they know, Google knows that the top three organic um, placements get 90% of the click-through traffic. And so if you... Go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so if you're not in the top three, that means you're only getting 10% of organic traffic. Interesting. So to put it in human context, I had my dog, we're in Hurricane Alley. We're back in hurricane season now. We, we still haven't even fixed our roofs and our damage and our fences. It's just, it's a very sad thing. But my dog, my neighbor's fence has been just rotting for a long time. This last hurricane in uh, October, I think it was, just tore it up. And I keep patching, and my dog every once in a while says, you know, I am going to go join a walk in progress, and she just disappears. Well, fortunately, she's tagged all over the place, and I'll get phone calls. But the other night, and this this is what we're talking about in terms of context in, in Google. You can't just type a word or type a sentence. You need to actually let the person you're talking with figure you out so I'm in my my car my phone rings and I hear this I've got your dog okay is this a ransom request what's going on here (laughs) dog is at my house okay where's your house oh it's you know blah 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 okay 
what's the street address? It took me five or six tries to get the street address to find out. It wasn't even in my neighborhood. She had traveled to the back neighborhood. Five oh, or well. six, I, I was counting. And finally, I said, I'm sorry, I don't know where you are. Can you give me the full street address? And what neighborhood are you in? We finally figured it out. I get over there, and the kid was 14 years old. That explained it. But <laughs> it shouldn't have been. <laughs> that darn difficult. So if you take that and you put it into context, what you're asking Google or any other search engine, be specific. Mm -hmm. The more specific you are, the better usually. Um, Otherwise you're going to get those broad terms and the broad terms are usually uh, full of really pitchy things. Right. So if, I mean, if you're looking for an exact match for what you want, right. If you're looking for, a lawyer. Don't just put lawyer, local lawyer. There's so many types of lawyers, right? Get a divorce lawyer or litigation lawyer or a personal injury lawyer in, you know, uh, Dauphin Island or, you know, Springfield, <laughs> Illinois, right? right? Tell them where you want them, what they do, right? And and that that's going to get you what you want. Um, but now with contextual, you don't have to be as good of a communicator when you're doing your search because Google takes into account your past history on how you search. So your search experience is different than my search experience because I use Google differently than you do. And it knows, and that's where the AI comes in and it remembers all of that. And so when I'm looking for something, it knows when I'm in a research mode versus a buying mode. And um, if you pay attention to what your um, your responses are off of the, the results page, um, you, can, you can actually start seeing the trends of what it's showing you. Um, when I'm in research mode, I get a lot of the people also ask blocks versus right. when I'm in purchasing mode, I get a lot more pictures with prices on the carousel towards the top. Buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. And, you know, it didn't used to be this way. Just even a few years ago, you had to be pretty, two or three years ago, not that long ago, you had to be pretty specific, and it didn't really give you much until you just said, okay, I'm going to knuckle down and really figure this out. I'm going to keep going until I find what I want. Now we right. almost are like, okay, stop, stop, stop. I've got everything I need. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so but that's why media, the top three get 90% of the traffic. Because gotcha. the searches are coming back so good. Used to be the second page actually got seen more. Really? When do you, when's the last time you've been on the second page of Google? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody goes to the second page of Google. You've so obviously giving, not searched it right. So you just search from something else instead of going to the second page. Yeah, you're giving me a headache. You're making me have to think. I don't like that. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> But you're right. If you're not in the, the you know, first page, you're dead. I mean, you're just not good enough to even be on the Internet, right? Right. Oh, well, my goodness. It's not that you're not good enough to be on the Internet. You just haven't done anything to, to let Google know that you want to be seen. Right. I was being sarcastic, sardonic, sarcastic. It's my natural. <laughs> I speak two languages, English and sardonic. <laughs> I'm very good at both of them. I don't want anybody turning off their website because, you know, oh, you're not. No. I was being a smart aleck. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
Yeah, you're okay. fine. Yeah, good. So social media, service-based businesses. I mean, so many people, and I see it all the time, I lurk in a couple of podcast groups on Facebook, and I'm going to tell you all right now, I will never need a facelift because the garbage the advice that's floating around in these groups, I mean, I will look at something and go, what? And my eyebrows fly up to my hairline and I look permanently surprised. I don't need a facelift. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) one of the big things in, in so many social media groups, if you will, beyond the really garbagey advice is, you know, how do I make my social media work? I'm, you know, I'm a podcaster. I'm a, you know, whatever it is that I am, but I don't know how to do social media. You've got to have a marketing plan, no matter what, if you are in business and we all are, and if you're selling something and we all are, or you're, you know, a service business, which I am, you are, if we don't have a marketing plan, why are we in business? I mean, even before the internet, you know, you would get little flyers in the mail. You would get people knocking on your Mm -hmm. door. You would get newsletter. I mean, there have always been marketing plans, always. So mm-hmm. why would you not have one now? I get, I don't understand. He said, well, I don't know anything about it. Learn. Start now. <laughs> I tell you, I tell, I tell my clients when they, when I get bring brand new clients in and they're talking, okay, so social media, talk to me about social media. And I ask them, so what, what do you hang out on? And they're like, oh, I don't do social media. You know, some, some folks, I like B2B that. folks. Yeah. Right. And it's like, so what do we do? I'm like, well, you might not do anything because to start, if you think you're going to use social media to get traffic, you're sorely mistaken unless you're willing to put the money into it. And it's more expensive than search and search is already proven statistically to be a better buy. Okay. But if you haven't spent any time making any followership, any community on any of the channels, you're so far behind the power curve that it's going to be another year before you actually see sizable returns on your investment. And so usually when I say that, they go, okay, then what? Right. And then we look at other things that they have been doing, or we look at other avenues that will get them faster results than waiting a year to do it. Um, But social media is something that you should at least have one channel on. And I say, to most people, pick one that you love and do it really, really well because and usually be you'll get it and be consistent, right? Yeah. And if it if you're a service based business that is um, that curtails to women and it's visual, then yeah, you're gonna go to Pinterest. If you're B two B, you're gonna go to LinkedIn. If you're more family and uh, family oriented and you have more products to sell versus services, Facebook might be the place. If you have a very visual, like you're a photographer or any a sculptor or artist or anything like that, maybe Instagram is the way to go. Um, every platform has its, its pluses and minuses. If you're in finance, maybe Twitter is a better place, those types of things. So, but pick one, be, have it so that people can see who you are as a personality, because that's one thing you don't usually get through a website. And so if nothing else, you're just posting every once in a while, not a huge campaign or anything, but just enough for people to understand that you're human. There are humans that work with you and you serve humans. Exactly. You know what I'm getting now, Buzz, and I have two client calls this coming week, authors, 
it used to be, again, not all that long ago, that if you were picked up by a house and they were going mm-hmm. to publish your book, they would, you know, put you on book tours. They worked with you. They got you here, there, and yonder. Now, mm-hmm. not going to happen. hasn't happened for a long time. So I've got Mm-mm. two authors who are looking to be picked up by a house who have no marketing, who have no social media. And I mm. told them both the same thing. You're a year behind. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, you're a year behind. Yeah, you're behind. Yeah, really at are. least. Yeah, at least. As, and and as, they're still so willing writers, to talk with me, but oh, my God. You know, they're like, really? Yeah, really. I, I tell people a lot of times, your marketing, it, what you were getting from your marketing is the effort you put in three to six months ago mm-hmm. on regular. So if you're, if you're just starting flat-footed today, you're not going to – and most times, unless you're putting a lot of money into advertising, but if you're doing it in marketing, marketing is a little different, um, and you're trying to go organic with it, I mean, you're three to six months before you're going to really start seeing that needle move, right? Um, if you're willing to put the money in, then you can speed things up. Money is just gasoline. It's octane to the marketing process. And so money can get you exposure, but even with all the exposure in the world, you can still lose. There was that, what was that billionaire who put in, I want to say a billion dollars into his campaign, I think in New York, he's a media mogul. He was running for either governor or president and uh, just, Oh yeah. Cycle. I can't remember his name. Yeah. But I know you're talking about, I can see he it. Got like I just two, can't like two, the name. Yeah. And he got nothing, nothing because he didn't connect. Right. So your marketing is the message. The advertising is the gas pedal. And um, so if you're marketing and you're doing it organically, then you're, you're basically like on a sailboat versus advertising. You're on a speedboat. Gotcha. And, you know, it's interesting that, you know, people want to know who you are. They want to be able to kind of reach out and touch you. I'm a high-functioning in- introvert. I read 1984 when I was a kid, and you're not going to find any pictures of me on the Internet. They do not <laughs> exist. But I've been doing what I do for a long time, so I get by with it. Now people say, oh, man, I wish all my stuff wasn't out there now. <laughs> but, you know, it's too late. <laughs> But you know what I did, and this is going to sound remarkably silly, but I am owned by cats. I have a Facebook group called Feline Office Assistants. And, you know, I share their antics because they are funny. I'm just a narrator. I don't make up any of this stuff. But one of my cats, and he's a hashtag. Oops, he heard me say hashtag. His name is hashtag Hamilton is an ass because he is. He's a 20-pound ginger with a massive personality. And because I talk about him and because I share, and, you know, the others and, you know, people love the group, but it makes me human. It makes me accessible. And he gets Christmas cards. Seriously. There you go. You know, you don't have to be out there in your bikini pictures is my point. You can make yourself Mm -hmm. accessible however you're comfortable and however you connect. And, you know, the social media part if you're being personable, not personal, but if you're being personable and you're connecting, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, and you're chatting with people and you will make friends and connections and it is organic and it does grow. It takes time. But these are people who would really like to say, you know what, Denise, I love your work. You know, Buzz, I love what you said on, on Denise's show. How can I hire you? It happens. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. 
all the time. I get DMs on my LinkedIn on a regular basis, like, oh, hey, I read this article you did, or I heard you on a podcast, or uh, you were at a a workshop, you, you taught at a workshop for the Small Business Association or something like that. And yeah, I mean, if you're sharing your knowledge, you know, Zig Ziglar says, if you love him. Yeah, so he's he said I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote him, but he says to the effect as if you help enough people get what they want, you will always get what you need. And he's right. He is absolutely right. So my and that leads me, you know, what we've been chatting about here we went a little bit off off base there, but when is the right time to hire a digital marketing professional? For these authors, it should have been a year ago or better, but they didn't know what they didn't know. You know, they're busy writing. They have their own businesses. You can't say, oh, well, mm-hmm. that was a silly mistake. It is what it is. But yeah. if you're serious about growing your base, growing your business, getting those conversions, making your business really get out there, when is the right time to hire you or me or somebody like us? So I equate it to when's the best time to plant a tree? Mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Years ago, twenty years ago. Yep. Right. Yeah. When's the, the, when's the could have been second last best? Year, you know, nothing. Right. What's the second best time? And so then the second question is, when's the second best time to plant a tree? Today. 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 Right. So if you didn't get started a year ago, today is the day. If you are in business, if you are within a year of starting a business, today is the day. If you've been doing it yourself and you've been getting okay results, hire somebody. They're going to do it faster. They're going, to re- they're going to release you of the burden. If you love marketing but you know it could be better, hire somebody. It's, it's just like any high-performance, high-performing industry. If you're a CEO, you have coaches to make you better leaders. If you're a business owner, you have coaches that help you in all sorts of places in your business. Um, I know I've had coaches – for the 17 years I've been in business and I continue to find coaches for different things that I want to hone in on. Shoot. I hired a LinkedIn outreach coach earlier this year so that I could understand better how to take my uh, idle conversations into productive conversations. If you want to be good at business, find people who do things better than you in all aspects of your business. And today is the day. That's how I hire my team. Every one of them is better at what I'm asking them to do than I am. I can do it, but they're better. And let's talk a bit about this. It's not one of the the questions that I had, but it just popped into my head. Reputation management. If you've been doing it on your own and you've made some boo-boos along the way, and we all do, you need to clean that up. You need to, mm-hmm. you know, clean it up yourself or hire somebody to clean it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, just as an example, I went and I looked at my Google profile. Half of that stuff I don't even do anymore. It's like, ah, how did I not know this was still out there? Because I've been right. in business for a long time and I had not tidied up after myself. Yeah, we actually have helped our clients. I, I launched a uh, reputation management automation platform called BuzzRep. And it basically funnels your a recent clients or even a database of old clients that you, you still, that they still love you. You're know, raving fans. You, fill, you put them into the system. The system actually manages uh, the reminders and whatnot to get them to leave uh, reviews where you want reviews. So if it might be Google, it could be Yelp, it could be TripAdvisor, it could be whatever it is, but it, 
it really relinquishes the responsibility of follow through and follow up by the busy business owner who will forget to do it and reduces the cost of hiring somebody to do it manually. Um, but the, I tell people all the time, your last bad review is only 10 great reviews away from being insignificant because people don't care if you have a one and, and, or a few twos. It's do you have an overwhelming four and five? And people who don't have any ones, twos, or threes, I'm skeptical. Like, okay, what's going on? Nobody's perfect. Yeah, but what did you do? Yeah, or is are those real reviews? You start yeah. thinking, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, nobody's perfect. No, you hired somebody <laughs> to, to do those. That's kind of like when, you know, Twitter, all of a sudden you've got 50,000 people following you. They're all bots. Nobody's going to buy it. Nope. Nope. Yeah. And, and LinkedIn is actually uh, filtering bots now and getting them uh, and uh, automatically re- removing them from your profile. So I have 7,000 followers on LinkedIn. And now I know that most of those are actual human beings. It's great. It's good to know. <laughs> and it just, it really does make life so much easier when you're not trying to fake it all the time. Okay. So now the next big question is, how much does digital marketing cost? How much is it, does a professional cost? And I know that's a wide-ranging question. But <laughs> I would think, I would say it's going to cost what you need. But what do you say? It is, it, is, it is all about what is your objective and how involved are you going to be. So are you trying to hop over a anthill or are you trying to summit Mount Everest? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're trying to... Uh, if you're trying, uh, if you're trying to uh, summit Mount Everest, then you're going to need a lot of people to, to, to support you, right? Nobody yeah, climbs that mountain by themselves, right? And yeah. so, and it's going to be all the best gear. It's going to be all the best people. And so, you're going to spend thousands of dollars every month putting yourself into there. I tell people that you need to have a budget. So if you don't have a budget, you're not going to get good results from your marketing. So even if you're starting with a few hundred dollars a month to have somebody help you with small things so that as your sales go up, you can start taking percentages of your growth and putting them back into marketing. But, you know, I, since the pandemic, I reworked how I have my business because we used to have to say no to a lot of people because our average Clients spend at least a thousand dollars a month with us on our services, but with the pandemic, that was not something that could be. Is, no, nobody was signing up for any new services like that, and so we found ways to help people do DIY. So now I have clients that spend forty dollars a month and get the objectives that they're looking for taken care of for forty dollars. But then I also have other clients that spend five thousand dollars a month, and we're climbing Mount Everest with them. And see, that makes perfect sense. I mean, if you can get people. And I've had this happen. Say, well, listen, I know you really are not in a position to do what you need to do with my company, but let me see where I can kind of advise you. And eventually they're like, Denise, I love that you helped me. I thought it was very kind of you. Now I want to hire you. Maybe a couple years down the road. But again, it happens. Be as giving Mm -hmm. as you can be without, you know, going broke. But, you know, having those different areas where you can help people by teaching them to do it on their own or at least pointing them in the right direction or doing it for them, you really should have that 
width, I guess, that bandwidth, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. do one thing. Buzz, we've got about four more minutes. Is there anything that I missed here? Because I know I've interrupted a bit, but it was fun. I've enjoyed no, talking it was with fun. you. It was great <laughs> so, talking to you. So, uh, what, so what if people are interested people in the book, if they want the book, they need to go to ruleof26.com. And if uh, if you right now for your listeners, I have set it up to where if you download the ebook, it's only ten dollars. I will sign and mail you a paperback copy for free. All, right. All you have to do is email me a screenshot of your perch, your download to buzz b u z z at buzzworthy. That's b u z z w o r t h y dot biz. And just say, I'd love to, and and give me an address to send the book to. Otherwise, my company uh, website is buzzworthy.biz, and you can get everything there. We're going to have a brand new website here at the end of this month with all of our new softwares coming out for our DIYers and folks who might be not quite ready for a DFY, a done for you. And so we've actually launched some done with you solutions for those folks who have a little bit more time, but not all the money. Do me a favor, Buzz. When that website is ready, send me a note or give me a call and let me know it's there okay. so I can wander over and take a look at it and then share it with the audience. Oh, great. I'd love that. And I won't, I'm not going to steal your ideas. I might relocate one or two, but <laughs> what do they say about you know, what, what is it they say, you know, if you're copying somebody, which I will not do, but it's like, oh, inspiration. I like that. Yeah, inspiration. <laughs> I also tell people all the time, there, there are more businesses than I can serve in the United States. So it's not like we're competing. We're competing. You're just finding the right fit. Exactly. I always say I'm my own competition. If I'm not doing it right, shame on me. So listen, exactly. one more time, where can people find you before we go ahead and, and end this? Buzzworthy.biz. That's B-U-Z-Z-W-O-R-T-H-Y dot biz. And for the book is ruleof26.com. Perfect. Buzz, thank you so much. It has really been a lot of fun chatting with you, and I thank you for all the terrific tips and advice and ideas that you've shared with the audience and with me. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Prime, Audible. Honestly, you can't hit a stick. You can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting this podcast, your partner in Success Radio. So just look for us and take us along on your success journey. Buzz, thank you again. Thank you so much. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.